Would you pray with me, please? Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. In John's gospel, John reports that when Jesus first appeared to the disciples on the Galilean shore, that he, John, immediately recognized Jesus, said to him, It is the Lord. Which is to say, when it comes to the question of recognizing the risen Jesus, John allegedly recognized him immediately. Mary, however, in John's gospel, did not immediately recognize Jesus when first he appeared to her. Instead, according to John, Mary at first thought that Jesus was the gardener. It was only after Jesus called her by name that Mary, in fact, recognized who Jesus, in fact, was. Meanwhile, turning to Matthew's gospel... Matthew describes the eleven disciples beholding the risen Jesus on a mountain outside of Bethany, but writes that though, quote, they worshipped him, some doubted. In other words, some of the eleven recognized him for who and for what he truly was in that moment, yet still, some didn't. The point here being, Across the witness of the four Gospels, Jesus reveals himself to different people in different times and in different ways. And some of these people recognize Jesus immediately. And some of them, though they don't recognize Jesus immediately, still recognize him quickly enough. While still others don't recognize Jesus until sometime far later. Such, the Gospels lead us to believe, is the nature of human recognition when it comes to the resurrected Jesus. Sometimes we recognize him right away. Sometimes we recognize him in short order. Sometimes it takes us a good while before we finally recognize the one in whose presence we have all the while been. Which leads me to our gospel lesson for this morning. In Luke's account of the resurrection, two apostles, one named Cleopas, the other left unnamed, are walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus on that first Easter morning when the risen Jesus suddenly calls out to them and according to the text, quote, draws near to them. Interestingly, though, these two apostles, who've just spent three years walking and talking with Jesus, nonetheless do not recognize who he is. But alas, they begin a journey together, these three. These two apostles and this stranger whom they have just met. And as they continue their journey, this stranger, who is, of course, really the risen Jesus asks the two apostles why they look so downcast. 
to which the two apostles begin to tell this supposed stranger about all the things that had recently happened in Jerusalem. This, they tell him, is why we look so downcast. For we had hoped he would be the one to restore the kingdom. Well, after hearing them out, this stranger, who is really Jesus, responds by offering them a different way to think about, a different way to interpret that which is bringing them such heartache. And they clearly appreciate this. But even then, even despite this helpful reframing of what it is they've been going through, still the disciples don't recognize who this person with them really is. He's helped them. He's inspired them by giving a new measure of peace and hope and clarity. Yet still, they don't fully recognize who he actually is. And so they keep walking and talking together, keep journeying together. And then finally, come sundown, they arrive at their destination. And seeing how the hour is getting late, these apostles invite their new friend to share supper with them. In other words, they prolong their shared journey even further. They extend it. Well, the stranger accepts their offer, and soon they begin to eat. And as they eat, the stranger takes the bread that is there before them. And as he takes the bread, he begins to bless it and to break it. And as he does, the scales finally fall from these two apostles' eyes. And finally they recognize with utter stark clarity who it is that has been with them all this time. At which point the risen Jesus withdraws from their presence. And just like that, the moment is over. And the apostles are left wondering aloud to one another, quote, were not our hearts burning within us while we were with him on the journey? Again, sometimes, as represented by John, we recognize the risen Jesus right away when he appears to us. And sometimes, as represented by Mary, we fail to recognize the risen Jesus right away, but do indeed recognize him soon enough. And then still other times, as represented by these two apostles on their way to Emmaus, it takes quite some time before we recognize the risen Jesus, the one in whose presence we have all the while been. Which leads me to a story. Years ago, when Ada was about a year old, I was sitting with her on our front porch. It was a lovely spring day, and I was reading to her from The Very Hungry Little Caterpillar, a book that by that point I had read to her approximately 787,000 times. And while the day was beautiful and while I, of course, loved and adored my daughter, I was nonetheless grumpy about the situation. 
Now, I won't get into the details this morning about why I was grumpy. That's beside the point I'm trying to make. But I mention my grumpiness because in order to make my point, you have to understand that I was in a bad mood. Thus, as I sat reading this book to my lovely little daughter, I was quietly nursing a sense of grievance about what I was currently doing. Again, I was grumpy. But then, and all of a sudden, something happened. And what happened was so utterly unremarkable as to warrant your asking why I even remember it or why all these years later I am bringing it up in a sermon. But nonetheless, here's what happened. As I continued to read that book to her, and as I continued to nurse my grumpiness, Ada all of a sudden looked up and pointed to something, gestured to something across the yard. And with that, I obviously stopped what I was doing and looked up to see what was happening. Well, no sooner had I looked up to see what was happening than I saw a bluebird take flight from an oak tree just across the street and glide gracefully into a Japanese cherry tree not 10 feet from where Ada and I were sitting. And somehow, through the simple sight of this bluebird's flight, through observing its effortless grace. Somehow, through this simple sight, I felt a sudden and overwhelming infusion of peace and of calm in my spirit. A sudden and palpable sense of inner warmth. And this all stemmed, you have to understand, from a sudden realization of how fortunate I really was in this moment. How fortunate I was to have this healthy, curious little daughter. How fortunate I was to be alive on such a lovely spring day. How fortunate I was to have a porch to sit on and a livelihood that enabled me to be at home with my daughter sitting on it. All of this suddenly came to me and followed me as it did. I did indeed sense something revelatory and significant about it. I did. Which is to say I felt as if I were being given a new lens on my current situation, a new way of interpreting what was happening, a new way of understanding that which was bothering me and making me grumpy, and understand I was, as no doubt those apostles headed to Emmaus were, I was grateful for this new way of understanding things. But here's the thing. Though my heart had been strangely warmed, and though I had been given a more helpful way of interpreting my present circumstance, I nonetheless did not sense the risen Jesus in the moment. Not at all. No, I just took the moment to be a pleasant reminder of the many blessings that I had. And to be a welcome reminder that God's handiwork is indeed lovely beyond measure and ought rightly to be praised and appreciated. Neither of which, by the way, are small reminders, to say the least. But that was it. 
But then, as the years have passed by, the strangest thing has happened. Here's what I mean by that. I can't tell you how many times I have been wrestling with something deeply personal. With something relationally complicated and fraught. Or with something vexingly theological. When at a time when I least expected it, I have looked up to suddenly see a bluebird, not just any bird, but a bluebird effortlessly gliding across my line of sight. Now, I don't mean to say that such a thing happens to me every day. I don't even mean to say that such a thing happens to me every year. I simply mean to say that such a thing does happen to me. And always when it does happen, it happens in precisely the kind of moment when I've most needed an assurance of the risen Jesus' reality and of his love for me and of his presence with me, which therefore is all a very long way of saying, like those disciples on their way to Emmaus so long ago, I now, all this time later, recognize that that day when I sat reading on the porch to baby Ada, the risen Jesus, temporarily assuming a form unrecognizable to me, appeared to me so as to, in effect, say, as he said to those first disciples, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Now let's clarify something very important. Is this the glorified human form in which the risen Jesus even now sits at the right hand of God in the highest heaven? No. Is this the glorified human form in which the risen Jesus appeared to many of the disciples throughout the Gospels? No. Is this the glorified human form in which Jesus will return at the last when ushering in the fullness of God's kingdom? No, not at all. He's not coming back as a bluebird gang. He's coming back as the glorified human Lord of heaven and earth. But nonetheless, it is both biblical and faithful for us to note and for us to celebrate that the risen Jesus does indeed make himself known to us in the world through everyday mundane substances, through things like the breaking of the bread and through things like the sharing of the cup through things like these and so many others, and yes, even through things like the effortless grace of a bluebird's flight. We all still together? Here's the point of this sermon, dear family. As we said two weeks ago, if the resurrection of Jesus happened, then the resurrected Jesus can make himself known to anyone he wants, Anywhere he wants, any time he wants, any way he wants. But as we did not say two weeks ago, 
Even though the resurrected Jesus can make himself known to anyone he wants, anywhere he wants, anytime he wants, any way he wants, this does not necessarily mean that the one to whom the resurrected Jesus makes himself known will immediately recognize him for who he truly is in the moment of his appearance. Some might. John did. Others of us, it might take a little more time to connect the appearance with the identity. You know, like Mary. And then there are still others of us who it might take an even longer time to connect the two things. But to the point of this sermon, just because the identity is not made immediately known unto us, this does not mean that the fullness of the revelation will not eventually be made clear. In her Pulitzer-winning novel, Gilead, Marilyn Robinson writes, and I quote, Sometimes the visionary aspect of any particular day comes to you in the memory of it, or it opens to you over time. Well, such, the Gospels implore us to believe, is also the case when it comes both to believing in and recognizing the resurrected Jesus Christ. For some of us, this belief and this recognition may come immediately. For others of us, this belief and this recognition may come soon enough. And for still others of us, this belief and this recognition may take years and years to fully, quote, open to us, to use Marilyn Robinson's language. And therefore, the key for all of us, I think, is simply to keep journeying together, talking all the while about our appreciation for this Jesus of Nazareth, this one whom we all hope will restore unto us the kingdom. Yes, the key for all of us, I think, is to keep journeying together. Those of us who know we have encountered the risen Jesus, sharing of our own stories and experiences. Those of us more skeptical of such stories and experiences, listening with open and charitable spirits. And then finally, I think that the key for all of us as we keep journeying together is to remember that not only can and does the risen Jesus still appear in our midst, calling us to further and deeper relationship with him, but so too do these appearances sometimes take a while to fully be revealed as appearances. Do you follow that? Thus, I'm not just saying in this sermon that I believe that the risen Jesus may indeed appear to us today, tomorrow, or the next day, and that we should therefore be on the lookout. I am indeed saying that. But even more than that, I am also saying that the risen Jesus may indeed already have appeared to us, perhaps numerous times. But though our hearts may have been strangely warmed when he did, and though the appearance may even have given us a greater sense of peace and clarity when it happened, that still the fullness of what happened, that still the true identity of who appeared there with us, that that, I am saying, may not yet have even now been fully opened 
unto us. For this, the Bible teaches us, is how the resurrection and the revelation of the risen Lord Jesus Christ works. Some recognize immediately. Some recognize soon enough. While still others recognize only later. And so with all of that said, Please listen now as I read from the gospel of our Lord. That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. And there they told them what had happened to them on their journey. And of how Jesus had been made known to them through the breaking of the bread. He is risen from the dead, dear family. And he is faithful to appear when and where and how only God knows. Amen. Would you pray with me now, please?